now it's time to say enough is enough. It is time to push back on the big lie. We must do this. We must do this as a member of the Republican Party. We must do this as a member of the Board of Supervisors. We need to do this as a country. Otherwise, we are not going to be able to move forward and have an election in 2022 that we can all believe the results, whatever they may be. And that guy's a Republican. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Pay attention. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck From in the middle. Pacific Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountain, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE in California. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. Up in Rochester, New York on WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Uh, Jamesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950. KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com uh hey by the way jonathan i also got no internets in here uh but anyway we're gonna do our best as a regular thank you for joining us for another thrilling edition of the bradcast uh as regular listeners know we have been covering quite closely since it began almost a month ago the audit theater clown show going on in maricopa county that's phoenix arizona where far-right Trump supporters believe that the Republicans who run the county somehow stole the election from Donald Trump for Joe Biden, where Joe Biden won that state uh, in Arizona by just over 10,000 votes or less than one half of one percent. Now, we've been covering quite closely another post-election audit as well as the one going on in Maricopa. This one in New Hampshire is a legitimate effort not run by in secret by cyber ninja clowns with no experience and super secret methods for counting or investigating or whatever the hell that it is they're doing. The other audit going on that is legitimate is happening in Wyndham, New Hampshire, where there is a genuine mystery as to why the town's 20-year-old Diebold optical scan systems appear to have undercounted a bunch of Republican votes and overcounted 
A Democratic candidate's vote in an eight-person race for the New Hampshire State House of Representatives. Four Republicans there won the four available seats uh, in, in uh, available seats in the town, but their actual results should have been about 300 votes higher each. And the Democrats' vote should uh, have been much lower, according to a hand count of the race. That took place last November. The Democrat who came in fifth place should have had about uh, 100 fewer votes than she was recorded as having. So that's why real cybersecurity voting system uh, and post-election audit experts have been hired by the state to do a full, open, transparent audit of those votes and those optical scanners to figure out what went wrong there. That's a real audit by way of contrast with what's going on in, uh, in, in Arizona. And today we can also report that there are more such 2020 post-election audits that are on the way in other states as well. Whether they are legit audits, like the transparent one being run by professionals in New Hampshire or not legitimate ones that are super secret clown shows like the one being run by conspiracy theorists in Arizona. Well, all of that remains to be seen. But joining me very shortly to talk about all of it and hopefully take your questions will be election integrity advocate, activist, attorney, Twitter sensation, and my friend Jenny Cohen, who has been uh, discussing on Twitter of late how much of what is going on here is now actually the fault of Democrats in Congress, at least to a certain extent. I will explain momentarily, but I want to let you know that Jenny Cohn's coming up shortly, and I hope to take your calls with questions for her and or me on any of this election integrity slash post-2020 MAGA audit stuff, uh, this related madness that continues this week and will likely be continuing for quite a while. And what it is that Democrats, frankly, plan to do about it or should do about it, if anything. So let me start with a few updates here coming out of, uh, out of Arizona's audit over the last several days. Before I get to Jenny and her thoughts and your calls and more, that'll be at 818, if you want to write it down, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, a few weeks ago on this program, I broke the news that I have been shocked, frankly, has not been picked up pretty much anywhere else, at least that I've seen, until finally this week, this weekend, really, in a really long, very well-written, deeply reported 4,000-word story from Jeremy Stahl at Slate over the weekend, focusing on the insane Secret audit going on in Arizona. Secrecy and audit, by the way, are two words that do not belong together. When discussing supposedly public taxpayer funded audits of elections. Uh, anyway, he wrote this great article about what's going on in Maricopa County in Phoenix. And as I broke about two weeks ago on this program, after a judge in Arizona forced the private cyber ninjas company in charge of audits uh, to reveal their procedural documents for it, uh, which they had claimed, by the way, were a trade secret. They couldn't be released. Uh, those documents were about 200 pages. But the judge forced them to release the documents. They said a lot of stuff, but believe it or not, 
They were short on details anyway. But of the things that they did include in those documents, sort of explaining what the hell was going on in uh, in this, I call it a clown show audit theater going on in Maricopa. One of the details they did include revealed the hand counting method that was being used by the ninjas inside the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum where they're doing this count. That process allowed for the counters to be off by a minimum, a minimum of 42,000 votes without any internal alarm bells being set off. Their count of the real ballots, these are not copies or digital digital images uh, taken by the scanners. These are the real ballots, 2.1 million of them from the 2020 election in Phoenix, Their count could be off by 42,000 votes at a minimum, and that was perfectly acceptable. It was a perfectly acceptable error rate in the hand count, according to the Cyber Ninjas, according to their very own process documents. Page 178, if you want to check it out yourself. I'll uh, post a link to it at bradblog.com. But this is what their normal processes were. Even though they were looking, they are looking at 2.1 million ballots in a race where one candidate was certified as having won by just over 10,000 votes. So this thing could change everything by 42,000 votes at a minimum and could result in, you know, the cyber ninjas walking away saying Joe Biden lost to Donald Trump in Maricopa, even though there is no evidence that he did. It's it's insane what you know, what their plan was, was insane. It's almost certain to result in an erroneous count for which there would be no remedy if that's what they come out and announce other than to go back and hand count again all of those 2.1 million ballots. Now, the problem is those ballots have been out of the secure chain of custody away from the state's actual election officials at this point. So even if we wanted to go back and count those ballots, there's no way to know if those ballots are the same ones that were actually cast in last year's elections. In short, it's a mess, and it's a dangerous mess at that, but one that nobody else in the media has yet picked up on, to my knowledge, concerning the counting of those ballots. Desi Doyen, have I explained this correctly, because you would think it would set off alarm bells left and right that, (laughs) oh, 42,000 ballots could be changed without anybody, you know, without any of the cyber ninjas saying, hey, wait a minute, our numbers are wrong. It seems like a concern. It does. And, you know, I'm glad that you were the person that figured it out first. Um, And I'm really glad that, you know, other people (laughs) in the corporate media uh, are uh, that uh, corporate media are also trying to uh, follow up on this. But it is quite hard when you consider the fact that there is so much of the circus atmosphere going on. And that circus atmosphere has, uh, I think, obscured a lot of the more dangerous aspects of this this clown show that's going on in Maricopa. Well, finally, someone appear other than me appears to have noticed these yes, counting finally. documents. Jeremy Stahl at uh, Slate, uh, he finally noticed it, and he wrote in his long piece headlined, What if the unorthodox Arizona audit declares Trump won? That's the headline. Uh, he points out, he posits that it is very likely, in fact, that even though all the evidence strongly suggests that the opposite is true, the cyber ninjas could simply come out and announce that, guess what? 
Trump won. Among the points that uh, Stahl thankfully highlights, as we did several weeks ago, uh, Jeremy Stahl writes, Sitting in the press booth at the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, several rows above where dozens of tables of counters are retallying the 2020 presidential votes of the citizens of Maricopa County, Benny Smith acknowledged something that has become readily apparent to most outside observers of the process that has come to be known as the Arizona Audit. They are not trying to capture an accurate count, said Smith. Now, Benny Smith is a Democratic Tennessee election official. He traveled to Phoenix to advise the auditors. In fact, Smith said he expects the end result to be wildly different from the count. That's what Benny Smith accepts, expects. Now, Jeremy Stahl goes on to note that acceptance of error of alternative facts, as it were, he writes, is built into the process. This is exactly what we tried to highlight weeks ago. He notes, if two counters, two people doing the counting, have the same total, but the third counter disagrees by either one or two votes, then the two matching counts become the official tally, overruling the discrepancy. So as I explained a few weeks ago on the show, that means that when counting 2.1 million ballots... In batches of 100, as the Cyber Ninja docs explain, their own documents explain how they're doing this, the count could be off by 42,000 votes. And nobody would bat an eye. Now, since then, the Cyber Ninjas, I'm, I'm told, have actually changed to a smaller, number of, uh, a smaller number of ballots in each batch. Instead of 100, it is now 50 Uh, or at least at some point it was 50. It could be even smaller now. But as uh, an election integrity observer who joined us on the show several weeks ago explained, that means that the minimum error rate instead of 42,000 votes could be 84,000 votes again in an election that Joe Biden is said to have won by just over 10,000 votes. Oh, yeah, that's not going to cause any problems No, at not at all. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, it's, a, it's a long uh, piece, a really good piece that I'm going to point you to at Slate uh, by Jeremy Stahl, uh, who finally pulls out some of these concerns that I've been trying to ring the alarm bell about myself. Um, meanwhile, in Arizona, you've got the Republican Board of Supervisors, It's a five-person board. Four of them are Republican. One of them is a Democrat. Uh, They're not happy about any of this. They're trying to let the, uh, 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 you know, the public know that what's going on inside the Coliseum should not be trusted in any way, shape or form. They don't trust it. And they're Republicans, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, The uh, Arizona's current Democratic Secretary of State... Katie Hobbs told Stahl that this entire count has been, quote, designed in a way to create this doubt and to be able to put out misinformation and not be honest with the public about what they found. A really key piece of any audit, she said, is that you can replicate your results and they are creating results that are not going to be replicable by anyone else who wanted to do the same thing because, frankly, no one understands what they are doing. Even the new Republican county recorder, a um, guy by the name of, of Stephen, uh, uh, what's his name there? Steve- Stephen Richer. Thank you. Stephen Richer. He is out there saying, 
look, enough is enough. What they're doing, what the cyber ninjas are doing, cannot be trusted. And he just won in the election uh, last November. He replaced the Democrat. And, of course, the big joke is that, uh, wow, that uh, Democratic county recorder in Maricopa was so good, he was able to steal the election from Donald Trump, but he forgot to steal the election for himself. That's Adrian Fontes, who is no longer the recorder. In short, what we're looking at in Maricopa is going to solve nothing, even though I have long been in favor of anybody who has questions about election results. Yes, even hard partisans. And yes, even hard partisans who have been hoaxed into believing conspiracy theories about a stolen election, even those people should be allowed to learn if election results were accurately tabulated by the computers. In this case, however, uh, these computers made by Dominion Voting Systems Company uh, are ones that the CEO of the Cyber Ninjas believes, you know, were actually Dominion was somehow working with Venezuela and President Hugo Chavez, who died years ago to steal the election from Joe Biden. Uh, But because no one is allowed to fully oversee the process, to fully oversee the way they're tabulating results, nothing here is replicable. And they can simply come out and say at any time, Joe Biden did not win Arizona. And what will we be able to do about it? Very little. These audits have to be transparent with the chain of custody kept secure, with election officials not giving away control of all of the ballots and the computer tabulators to a private company as the uh, GOP state Senate and a uh, state judge forced the officials in Maricopa to do. And as I said, those officials are four out of five of them on the Board of Supervisors are Republican. So all of this is kind of nuts. Contrast that, again, with the very open, completely transparent hand count being carried out and streamed live with close-up cameras and audio and explanations every step of the way by professionals in Wyndham, New Hampshire. That's how it's supposed to be done. What's going on in Arizona is not how it's supposed to be done. Late last week and over the weekend, there were several other related developments here. Before we take a quick break and come back with Jenny Cohn, the uh, Arizona Secretary of State says that all of the computer tabulators used in Maricopa, which, by the way, is the fourth largest county in the nation, all of those computer tabulators, she says, have now been contaminated by this process and will have to be replaced at the cost of millions of dollars, millions of taxpayer dollars. Moreover, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has informed the ninjas that they must now preserve all documents because it sounds like the five-person Board of Supervisors are preparing to sue the ninjas to stop this entire mess in the days ahead. And as the MAGA mob is now looking to uh, what's going on in Arizona and thinking, hey, this is fantastic, it's working out well, somehow they see it as a good thing, well, now they're looking to forward similar exercises in other states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and as we learned late last week, in the great state of Georgia where a state judge has now given permission for yet another audit of the ballots, this one in Fulton County, that's Atlanta, Georgia, 
which I will try to explain in the days ahead as well. So uh, with all of this mess, and it really is a mess, my friend Jenny Cohn, a great election integrity advocate, even if she, unlike me, is a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, she has been arguing of late that Democrats have only themselves to blame for much of the mess that we are now seeing across the country. Why? Well, we will take a quick break. And she will be here to explain and to take your calls on all of this and other related matters. If you'd like to line up right now, as I said, by calling 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK with questions for Jenny and or me on all of this. That's straight ahead on our latest edition of the muckraking, troublemaking broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Right. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Desi Doyle, we got everything calmed down in there because it's kind of crazy in here. Our, our microphones know. are out. Our internet is out. I know. The phones Poor are Jenny having Cohn fun. Jenny Cohn is standing by. <laughs> Go ahead. You can, Jonathan, you can stick that in there. Oh, you it's keep the working around me while I... live radio. Uh, okay. Yeah, there we go. You got that? All right. Tell Jenny to hang on. We're I just will. doing some technical <laughs> stuff here. Okay. Okay. No, nope, sounds just the same, Jonathan. All no right. worries. Well, hopefully you're able to hear some things. I That'll can be hear. Useful. I can hear about half of the things you say. Okay, great. Now I can't that hear. That sounds anything. like a plus. All right. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, late last week, election integrity advocate, activist, attorney, Twitter sensation, longtime Democrat, and my friend, who I almost always agree with, Jenny Cohn. She wrote a short thread on Twitter that went this way. She wrote, Once upon a time in a country called America, a power-hungry political party called the GOP enjoyed about 15 years of poll-defying victories after ensuring that America's election system made it impossible to prove fraud. They got away with it, she writes, because Democrats almost always conceded without a fight and because anyone who suspected fraud was called a tinfoil conspiracist since they couldn't prove it. America's 2020 election flipped this situation on its head, writes Jenny, after blocking Democratic legislation that would have made it possible to prove whether fraud had occurred or not by requiring robust manual post-election audits for all federal races, the GOP claimed without proof that the election lost by their candidate, an infamous con man, was fraudulent. She says the GOP did this even though all the polls predicted that the con man would lose. In response, the Democratic Party overstated the security of the election and made no effort to try to conduct meaningful manual audits of their own poll-defying House and Senate losses. The GOP 
having blocked legislation that would have required meaningful manual audits for all federal races and private election vendors set out to bolster their baseless election fraud narrative by conducting propaganda fraudits of just one race and one vendor. That would be Dominion Voting Systems in cherry-picked counties, writes Jenny. In response, the Democrats decided to not reintroduce legislation to require meaningful manual audits in the next election, 2022, because doing so might bolster the GOP's claim that the 2020 election was insecure. This, writes Jenny Cohn, was a problem because the system really was insecure. The GOP hadn't made it that way by thwarting the Democrats' efforts for years to try to fix it. Democratic voters might have insisted that their elected leaders reintroduce or write new legislation to make the system secure and transparent for the next election. But no one told them the truth, so no one knew to speak up, much less what specific changes to demand. Jenny Cohn says the Democratic Party and media had fallen victim to a deadly groupthink. They had decided that maintaining public trust in elections meant pretending that elections were more secure than they were. Sadly, she writes, this is not a fable. It is the all true, true story of electronic voting in the U.S., She says, I am sounding the alarm without the truth of how we got here and where we are and who is responsible. Meaningful election security reform and a happy ending to the American experiment may elude us. She adds, thank you for reading. She uses hashtag safe act, safe act, which is the Democratic proposal for this Uh, for meaningful post-election audits sponsored last session by Ron Wyden, but so far has not been reintroduced this session for some reason, even though Democrats have finally gained a majority in the U.S. Senate. (sighs) Joining us now is uh, Jenny Cohn, and I hope to open the phones to your questions for her and or me on all of this. My phone number is 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK momentarily. I hope that uh, Jenny's uh, followers on Twitter, the uh, the Coneheads, if you will. I'm going to go ahead and call them Coneheads. Hi, Jenny. Uh, anyway, Jennifer Cohn, as noted, she's an attorney and election integrity advocate and Twitter activist in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her articles on election security have been published in the New York Review of Books, Who, What, Why, Salon, and yes, even at bradblog.com. Oh, Jenny Cohn, great to have you back on the broadcast. How are you doing? I'm fine. Hi there, Brad. Uh, yeah, please don't call them the Coneheads. <laughs> you don't like that? I think that's perfect. <laughs> that's funny. That was a Saturday Night Live, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but I think you can co-opt the name. I think it's perfect. Anyway, Jenny. My brother always used it. Uh, all right. Our family. All right. Listen, uh, you write in, in, in your delightful thread there, the Democrats decided to not reintroduce legislation to require meaningful manual audits in the next election in 2022. Um, do you know for a fact that they have decided against reintroducing that bill that would mandate those audits or they have or they have they simply just not done so? I know you've got good sources inside Congress. Do we know where this is and if they've actually made oh, that decision? Uh, boy, you really got to. That's a good question. Um, I assume they have decided not to do it yet. So uh, because they haven't done it yet. Yeah. So, no, I don't know that they're never going to do it, but mm-hmm. I kept hearing rumors that they were going to and they were about to, but it hasn't happened. And if they really want this to be effective for the next 
election in 2022, they better chip chop because yeah. people have to be trained to conduct meaningful manual post-election audits as we are all learning from the cyber ninjas debacle. Well, yeah, you could just hire the ninjas. I don't know why people have to be trained for this. You can have no experience whatsoever. Come in, count 2.1 million ballots in the fourth largest county in the country, and everything is fine. No problems. Uh, wh- exactly. If you can expound on that Twitter thread a little bit, uh, uh, Jennifer, why do you think Democrats are not reintroducing the SAFE Act uh, to call for those mandatory post-election audits? Because... In my opinion, um, the Democrats have been entirely too reactive on the issue of election security, especially in recent years. And so, you know, if you'll remember in 2016 when Trump started saying that it was going to be a rigged election and um, Roger Stone, who is one of his pals, Mm -hmm. started the Stop the Steal campaign before the 2016 election. And that's when that phrase first began. Mm Mm-hmm. The Democrats and Hillary in particular responded by saying that it would be that it was going to be a completely secure election, and she she pretty much preconceded that if uh, that she was prepared to concede if she didn't win. And sure enough, when she didn't win, she was really kind of backed into an awkward corner. And I think the entire um, Democratic leadership was really backed into mm-hmm. that corner, and so they were reactive. And again, we're seeing the same thing now with. Um, screaming about a rigged election in 20 uh, in 2020 we're seeing the democrats really over having overstated the security of the election and in particular uh, chris krebs who i don't actually he's a republican actually i mm-hmm. believe but they've yeah. really gone along with his most secure election ever narrative and that's dangerous because we never got the reforms that the democrats themselves wanted for to actually secure that election and if we pretend it's so secure how on earth do you get the traction to secure it for the next one? Should uh, and Chris Krebs, by the way, he's the he was Donald Trump's head of the cyber infrastructure and uh, cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, um, right. who said it was the most secure election ever. Not really clear what his uh, benchmarks for making that statement were, but this was Donald Trump's own guy, and the Democrats went along with it. Uh, Jenny, should should since you mentioned Hillary Clinton in 2016, should she have asked for hand recounts after the 2016 presidential election? In your opinion, yes, yes, I, I agree. She was in a difficult spot, and frankly, from what I have read, I believe she she might have done it. Um, I had heard rumors that Obama had called her and told her to concede, but I'd never actually found the articles, but I found a few of them the other day. Mm -hmm. So he apparently, if the articles are to be believed, he actually told her, do not do this, you need to concede. So he didn't have the backing of the Democratic Party to really pursue this. Which has always been a problem, which is why when I saw your thread last week, Jenny Cohn, uh, you know, sort of saying that Democrats kind of have themselves to blame, I have been feeling this for quite some time. They have this is this is what we are looking at right now is uh, my nightmares come through. As you know, Jenny, I have been warning that even if you have a super secure election, a super accurate election like Chris Krebs and the Democrats all claim about 2020, if the people can't know that, if your systems are not publicly overseeable, and they're not, these computer systems cannot be overseen by the public, that even if you have a perfectly secure and accurate election, it opens the door to people uh, in good faith or bad 
like we're seeing, I believe, you know, good faith in New Hampshire, bad faith in Maricopa, Arizona. But either way, coming out and saying there was fraud, it's hard to prove one way or another. And uh, frankly, Jenny, Democrats have supported these very systems now for years. Um, to an extent, I, I don't want to imply that I think that they are equally to blame, mm-hmm. but I do think that um, it's a failure of leadership because leadership isn't about just reacting always to what the other party does. Mm-hmm. It's about standing for something. Mm-hmm. And they had an opportunity, putting aside all the previous years, you know, dating back to 2000 as suspect Republican wins, they had an opportunity after 2016 um, to really be the champions of election security and to even incorporate that into their election platforms, into their campaign platforms, and they didn't do it. Um, You just had one guy did it, really. Ron Wyden is the only one who really took it to the people. And I'm not saying that there weren't efforts behind the scenes, but um, behind the scenes does not win the court of public opinion. Mm -hmm. And because they tried to do so much of it behind the scenes and because they weren't loud about things like Internet connectivity and voting systems and remote access, it allowed the Republican, it allowed Trump really to hijack that narrative Mm -hmm. and suddenly announce to all the Republican voters that we have these problems, and we really do. Mm -hmm. And it should have been the Democrats (laughs) to take that to the people, to take that to the court of public opinion. And had they done that, Trump would not be in a position to play victim if everyone had known about the SAFE Act Mm -hmm. and what was in it, that it would have banned Internet connectivity, that it would have required audits across the board, and that the Republicans blocked it. Um, they would not be in the position they were to to pretend to be victims. Our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to uh, call in with any thoughts on any of this uh, for myself, for my guest, Jenny Cohn, uh, who uh, if you've if you followed anything on election integrity on the Twitters, you have probably seen both her name and her tweets on this because she has been uh, tirelessly uh, covering this beat since, uh, well, I guess since 2016. And I should know, Jenny, that unlike me, uh, you, you are a proud, as I said, dyed in the wool Democrat. I want to note I want to mention that because it's notable. You are saying these things, these critiques about Democrats. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of sort of contrarian progressives out there who like to beat up on Democrats because, you know, it's really easy right. and it's cool. And it's, you know, frankly, in my opinion, often a bit lazy. But um, f- this caught my eye because you don't usually uh, I don't want to say turn on Democrats. Uh, but in this case, you're you're calling them out. Was was that difficult? Because I don't think you've really been doing that uh, in oh, all the no, years I've, I've been it. following you. Yeah, <laughs> it was not difficult. Um, maybe I haven't said it so broadly. I mean, mm-hmm. so I've kind of been hanging my hat on Senator Ron Wyden because yeah. he really did an extraordinary job trying to raise um, attention of these on these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, I've called out many times because she did not. I think she was a behind-the-scenes person, and she had more interest in, pass, in my opinion, in passing a different bill that wouldn't have secured the 2022 election, mm-hmm. uh, the Secure Elections Act. Uh, it, had, it called for really not meaningful audits, mm-hmm. um, according to most experts, and I don't even know that they would have been in effect in 2020. In 2020. I think it would be like five years out. And it allowed dangerous machines, and she wasn't calling out any of the specifics, and it really concerned me that she was trying to pass 
a um, really a theater type of bill that would make yep. election security theater would have made people feel better, but it really wouldn't have done the job. And we weren't going to get it passed anyway. So you might as well have told the public the truth because that's we, when you don't have leverage in a negotiation, you have to get leverage. And mm-hmm. the voters should be your leverage. If they're not, that is a broken system. Maybe we have a broken system, but I really think that there should have been an effort because we'll never know now what would have happened had we really activated the public on this issue. And we really have a mess on our hands. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. I'm speaking to uh, Jenny Cohen. Let me uh, let me get to some of our calls. Is this uh, is this our Peter B. Uh, Collins? Peter B. Collins. All right, let me get to uh, where am I here? How do these phones work? There we go. Peter B. Collins calling in from uh, the Bay Area near San Francisco. My old friend Peter B. Collins, uh, who I think uh, w- was dumb enough to let me host his radio show as a guest host years ago, the first guy dumb enough to do that. Peter B. Collins, welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, I'm glad to join you today here, Brad, and I've been <laughs> listening. And Let me first just uh, affirm what uh, Jenny Cohn is saying, and that is that the Democrats have uh, willfully ignored election integrity issues for the longest time. Yep. Uh, the last time there was any fight was in 2000. And as you well know, uh, along the way, uh, Brad used to do a uh, he used to do an hour a week with me on mm-hmm. my syndicated radio show. Yep. And uh, many Democratic elected officials would just tell us to shut up. Yep. And they basically <laughs> took the position that look, this system got me elected, yep. and therefore it works. Mm-hmm. End of story. And so, uh, you know, in Ohio in 2004, uh, we know uh, just the chicanery that went on there. And other than Stephanie Tubbs Jones, rest her soul, and a handful of others, there was no fight. In 2016, the Jill Stein funded recount in Michigan Mm -hmm. showed clearly that Hillary won. And Greg Pallast has reported on this in a court session where the judge uh, ruled that Jill Stein had no standing because she couldn't possibly win through a recount. He turned and looked at the, you know, Clinton lawyers, the DNC lawyers in the back in the courtroom and said, but you have standing. And they said, oh, Your Honor, we're just here to observe. The, I, so, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, uh, and and most of that I agree with you on, uh, Peter, but I'm not sure that it shows in any way that Hillary Clinton actually won Michigan. So I'm wondering where you're coming up with that notion. Uh, there's 75,000 ballots in Wayne County, that's Detroit, Yeah, uh, that showed, showed no vote for president, but mm. uh, there were, you know, uh, votes cast down ballots. Gotcha. Uh, so that's what needed to be investigated. So mm-hmm. forgive me, I can't. Yeah. I can't declare flatly that she won, but I think that uh, it's likely she did, and they didn't even pursue it. Yeah. And and so now we have a case where uh, Trump, who is this master at redefining terms, uh, he's suddenly this warrior for election integrity. And on my Facebook it. feed, there are a number of right wing groups who are using that term. Yep to claim that the Maricopa recount recount is legit. Yeah. And it is theater of the absurd. It's now a traveling roadshow of theater of the absurd uh, with this new opening in Georgia. 
And, uh, you know, with uh, our friend Ray Lutz, I took a video tour of the Maricopa Ninjas uh, uh, audit. Oh, you were out there. That and, Ray Lutz is a, an election integrity advocate from San Diego. He was on this show uh, just after he had left uh, Maricopa, where he had been looking at all of this. P- Peter, you were there as well? No, I wasn't physically there. We ah. did a video tour ah, gotcha. of the, uh, the site. Yeah. And, you know, you've covered the preposterous, uh, you know, bamboo ballots and the uh, search through infrared to, to find watermarks that weren't there. But just fundamentally, the process is ridiculous. Yeah. They put a ballot on a, on a lazy Susan, a turntable. Yep. And each person, and, and you described this uh, newly defined margin of error that could reach 42,000 votes. Uh, but each of the inspectors, if you will, um, has about a half second to glance at the ballot as it is spinning past him or her. Oh, I know. It's and, the, and the, the whole idea that this is any kind of real inspection is just crazy. That's what we have to make clear. And that's what we have to make clear, the difference between a a real audit uh, and what we're seeing going on in uh, in Maricopa. Uh, P- PBC, I got to jump off. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Thank you, sir. For the call. Hope you're doing well. Uh, look forward to talking to you again uh, off air soon as well. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, if you've got questions for Jenny Cohn or myself. Um, Jenny, as you know, and I mentioned at the top that you and I don't always agree on everything. You have been calling for post-election audits for some time, as per Ron Wyden's SAFE Act, which for some reason has not been introduced. Um, I'm not a fan of post-election audits. I would rather see hand counts on election night because I feel like post-election audits, as we're sort of seeing in Arizona, can be gamed. Um, they're not real, you know, hand counts that are uh, uh, decentrally counted at each polling place on election night before the ballots move anywhere. What gives you so much confidence that even if we did pass the SAFE Act and even if post-election audits were mandated, that it would be any less of a mess than what we are looking at right now? Um, I wouldn't say I have that much <laughs> Tons of confidence, but speaking for myself, I would have felt not 100% convinced, but a lot more convinced of the legitimacy of the um, unexpected Democratic losses in the House and Senate races in 2020. So I can only speak to my own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. It would make it would have given me peace of mind. Whether it would, have, you're right. There is still a risk to um, to the people who, you know, there there is still a risk to people who wouldn't believe the audits, I mm-hmm. guess. If they're too complicated for people to understand, and that's a real concern. With mm-hmm. you know, There's kind of this formula that goes with the risk-limiting audits that mm-hmm. is not, it is certainly above my, um, beyond my gray matter <laughs> to understand it. So I am taking on faith a little bit that the people who are smarter than I am at statistics came up with this correct formula that will tell us the right amount of ballots to look at and how to do it. And But um, yeah. I don't know, it would have given me confidence. And I, I really... I guess that's why the elect for those who are listening, the election integrity community has been very much divided yeah. by the Maricopa audit and the whole stop the steal campaign. I mean, even some left leaning people feel that if election integrity is election integrity, they have to join arms with the Maricopa auditors mm-hmm. 
and help them with that. And I am very much not in that camp. And, you know, something I posted today, which I might put on Twitter, because it actually really came from the heart, from the heart and I think it's true, is that the Republican Party, by blocking, you know, legislation that would have required manual audits across the board, they really dumped all over my right as an American citizen to have confidence in the Democrats' losses in the House and Senate races. They took that from me. Mm-hmm. And... And I have not seen anything to rectify that. So unless, sure, if if, if the GOP wants to come forward and champion um, manual audit legislation across the board for the next election, I will join with them on that. But I will not join arms with them to do a cherry-picked audit of one ra- what they want to look at and the only vendor they want to look at when they took away my right to have confidence in the election myself. And, and I don't mind them looking at it at all. I'm sort of uh, with, with you know, one half of the election integrity people and, and, and not with the other, and then I'm with the other but not with the first. Yeah, because there, There's no easy answers on this. There really is. Well, I, you know, I don't mind anybody counting one single race. If that's the one that they are concerned with, that's fine. But the entire process has to be open and transparent, or we end up with what we have in Arizona, which is they can come out and announce any number they want, and we are all entirely screwed. Jenny, uh, stand by. I want to take a quick break here, and we'll come back. We also have some Twitter questions uh, for you from your followers, from your not-coneheads, apparently. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Our nightmare election may be over, but new ones are on the way. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to do it. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make an automated monthly pledge of any amount you like or even just a one-time-only contribution to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. The fight for voting rights, civil rights, and to save our planet continues. Please help us continue that fight independently over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com donate right now. Go ahead, do it right now. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. show today, isn't it? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Speaking with Jennifer Cohen, attorney, election integrity advocate, and Twitter rock star, taking your calls, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, uh, regarding the audit in Maricopa, regarding in Arizona, by the Cyber Ninjas, regarding the Democrats' so far failure to reintroduce their bill that had called for that had called for mandated post-election audits to help avoid the mess that we are in. Uh, and whatever other thoughts or questions you have for Jenny Cohn or me, 818-985-5735. Desi Doyen, you said, by the way, that someone called in and said, and what did she say? And why didn't um, she want to come on the air? She seemed to feel like that uh, this discussion was giving credibility to the clown show of the audit that's going really? on in Maricopa County. Yes. Really? Yeah. But she didn't want to come on air and talk about uh, it? No. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's an interesting idea to concept that by talking about it, it gives it credibility. I personally feel that if you talk about it so that you can 
debunk the false claims yeah. that are being made, that that's helpful. Yeah, I think well, it's kind here, of... I, actually, can I say something there? Yeah, please do. I, I would say, because I've been studying this a lot, like how do you handle a debate with a bad faith actor? And yeah. how do you handle, you know, should they be guests on a TV show? And I would say you would not put Steve Bannon on your show mm-hmm. or Patrick Byrne or someone. That would elevate them. But I think discussing and debunking it, neither one of us is supporting the, the fraud it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that, that that legitimizes it. I do think when you put someone on a platform and put them on your show, that perhaps it does. Yeah, and if they oh, listen... maybe it's because... Oh, anyway, yeah. go ahead. No, well, no, I was going to say, listen, if they come out and they say that uh, the cyber ninjas come out and announce, oh, it turns out Donald Trump actually won in Arizona by 10,000 votes, I'd like people to know that, hey, they were using a technique according to their own documents that allowed them to actually change these votes without anybody noticing. I think that's kind of important. Uh, anyway, uh, 818-985-5735. Let me go to, uh, we have another, boy, a lot of people who we know, Jenny, are calling in. Uh, Art Levine, a journalist who has uh, covered election integrity issues himself for years, as long as I have been covering them, going back uh, almost 20 years now, is calling in from Washington, D.C. Art Levine, welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind? Well, uh, it's taking on the assumption that every point you've been making is valid and important. My question is, right now, with our democracy in peril and with democratic messaging for the last few decades downplaying election integrity, and the Republicans are now hijacking that phrase and messaging and security, what can be done on a grassroots level now to push uh, the Congress to incorporate the SAFE Act and get major liberal groups to also lobby for getting the SAFE Act into uh, H.R. 1, which is now the focus, and also reform the filibuster. The, uh, also, I just want to add one point mm-hmm. is beyond audits, the SAFE Act also includes a very important element of incorporating hand-marked paper ballot options in the polling place. Mm-hmm. And that also isn't in H.R. 1, as I understand it. So we are now have a democracy in peril, and all the failures that you've encountered are in line what we do now realistically to deal with getting safe act in H.R. 1 and also passing H.R. 1. Thank you, Art. Let me uh, put that to, to Jenny. Jenny, you've got, uh, I know that you've been in touch in various ways over the years with Ron Wyden's office. What are they saying? Have you queried them as far as will they reintroduce this? Will they add it to the For the People Act? Are you, uh, do you get any indication from, from that office or from anyone in Congress? And beyond that, how, uh, you know, can people help here to get the attention of these Democrats on this? Honestly, I'm, I'm very concerned because uh, my contact at Ron Wyden's office has pretty much gone dark on me. Um, <laughs> and I, But I did hear from someone else who spoke with, with the office who had said months and months ago that they were going to reintroduce the SAFE Act. I just haven't seen it. So I don't think they should incorporate it into H.R. 1. I think they should do it as a standalone, and I think maybe okay. even take out as much as it would kill me well, either with the hand-marked paper ballot option or without. That option has been added to the SAFE Act. I mean, to the H.R. 1, I've been told. That's the Free, For the People Act. Really? The, that, a lot of okay. groups, including NVRDF, National okay. Voting Rights Task Force, wrote in. And I understand from them that that, that has been incorporated into H.R. 1. But I think that the manual audit requirement across the board 
has a very realistic, well, not very realistic, more realistic chance <laughs> of passing now than at any other time because you have the Republican Party calling for audits. Correct. And I'm talking about the court of public opinion. It will look very sketchy to their followers if they don't agree to some form right. of for federal races only, because that's all that Congress has jurisdiction over, mm -hmm. but some form of audits across the board. And I would suggest doing that as a standalone, because I actually think it has a better chance of passing than it, possibly than H.R. 1, even without a change to the filibuster. Yeah, you're right. This is get Republicans. Yeah, this is the time. How could they say no to it when all of their people are asking for these post-election audits? Hey, Art, I got to run. Moment. Thanks for the... Thanks for that call. I, I do appreciate it, my friend. Um, and uh, by the way, one way I would say that people can help move all of this forward is to follow Jenny on Twitter, because I know that a lot of folks in Congress follow her. She is Jenny Cohn, the number one, Jenny Cohn one. Uh, no pressure on you, Jenny, but uh, just save our no, country. That's great. Thank you. That's all we I ask. Do. I, At least I hope they still do. I mean, they follow me technically. The, <laughs> let me... Listening, I don't know. I want to get through a few uh, more real quick here. Uh, Keir O'Neill on Twitter says, do you think that election systems should be certified by a big four auditing firm like state lotteries are? And says, that's my question. Uh, now, I would let me respond to say not sure who those firms actually are, but for what it's worth, lotteries have also been gamed, including, I believe it was the Iowa lottery, if, lottery, if I'm remembering, uh, about five or six years ago. Um, and it was an insider, just as I warned, you know, you always have to be careful when it comes to elections. So if they can't pr protect a state lottery, uh, you know, computers that are used to give away millions of dollars, Jenny Cohn, what chance does Mr. and Mrs. County Clerk have to protect their computers from tampering? Yeah, I, I don't think I completely understood the question. I'm all for um, certification. The current situation we have, though, with the EAC is that people use vendors and officials use that to pretend that their systems are secure when, in fact, the EAC's guidelines have very little to do with security. They just have to do with functionality, making sure the machines work how they're supposed mm -hmm. to work. Right. They don't do penetration testing. They. Yep. Um, I don't even think the current requirements require paper. I could be wrong. Maybe they finally changed that. No, they don't. They don't. They there don't. doesn't have so, to be any so, paper. Yeah, so certification is great as far as it goes, but it is not a panacea. Um, really, what all the experts say is that if you were going to use equipment, and, and I'm with Brad and that I'd prefer that we not, by the way, but if we are going to use equipment, that we need to have these robust manual audits and a transparent chain of custody. And really the best phrase for all of that as a package is evidence-based elections. Mm. And if anyone is listening, you could Google that phrase and read anything that Professor Philip Stark has written, mm -hmm. written about it. And that is really the direction we have to go if we are going to keep using electronics. To get rid of them, I would just... I would love to go and travel and watch some hand-counted elections and mm -hmm. talk to more people about it to make sure it is viable. By the way, uh, in, the unit, in the United States, given the length of our ballots, because that is what you always will hear from people is that our ballots are too long and complex. And yeah. I'm not sure it's true. We both know New Hampshire does it in yep. some places, but, um, but that's what you always hear. Let me so get I'm in gonna, one I'm more. Study more. Let me get in one, uh, at least one more really quick question sure. here, hopefully quick, uh, from Kurt in Los Angeles. Hey, Kurt, welcome to the broadcast. Got a question for uh, Jenny Cohn or myself. Well, yeah, I, I was just wondering, with all of these, you know, the uh, cyber ninjas and all these people who are proposing these recounts, what is their end game? What are they the, trying to uh, accomplish by doing this? I mean, mm -hmm. the election's over. They can't redo it. All right, let me get Jenny's thought 
Well, let me get Jenny's thoughts on that. Uh, Jenny, what, what do you think they're up to here? But it appears to me that they are trying, I, I mean, I am concerned that they might be trying to put one vendor out of business and have the other one have more power, the other one being ESNS, have more power than it already has. It's already America's largest vendor. Um, and just to uh, undermine Biden's presidency would be another thing, another possibility. Because and undermine any other, and possibly give themselves a groundswell of support to actually have a successful insurrection the next time around. Uh, thank you for that call, Kurt. And I'm sorry I can't uh, do a follow-up there because i got to get out. We're coming up uh, against the back of the hour, whether I like it or not. My apologies to all the callers I was unable to get to today. Thanks for calling in. We could do another two or three hours, I suspect, with Jenny Cohn. Uh, Jennifer Cohn, she's an attorney, election integrity advocate, Twitter activist, uh, who you can and should follow for really important information on the Twitters at Jenny Cohn, the number one. Uh, Jennifer, always great speaking with you. Sorry we're uh, running short on time. Too much to cover, but we will do it again in the near future. Really appreciate appreciate your time today and all the good work you do on the Twitters, Jen. Thank you, Brad. It was fun. All Talk right. Soon. Thank you. I hope so. All right. That's it. We have got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to my board operator today, Federico Garcia, to Jenny Cohn, of course, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can always download it for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. We'll see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Never, never, never.